Welcome back, everyone, to the front line with Joe and Joe. Joe Pasillo and Joe Resinello. Oh, you're exactly right, Joe. We work for the man upstairs as you do. You're setting me up quite well. You just gave me an alley-oop. The greatest revolutionary act you can commit right now is to open your mouth and speak the truth. Whether you're an academic or you're a regular guy, we have to be fearless. And once more, dear brothers and sisters, let us go into the breach. Hello again, everyone, and welcome back to the front line with Joe and Joe. Joe Pasillo, as always, joined by Joe Resinello. And once more, dear brothers and sisters, let us go into the breach on the Veritas Catholic Radio Network. We're going to jump right in today. Uh, Joe and I, you know, we, we love doing interviews. We like talking about a lot of different things you all know out there. Uh, most of the time we're talking to authors about books they've written. Um, some of them are edgier than others, okay? Today, and I think today I think we're really going into the breach. I think it's a topic that a lot of people know about. I don't think they necessarily like talking about it, uh, but it is a reality. And it's something that, you know, we as not only just as Catholics, but all people of goodwill, okay, we need to speak out about this. And what I'm talking about is human trafficking. Um, and today, we're very pleased and honored to be joined by Nita Bells. And Nita's written a book, In Our Backyard, Human Trafficking in America and What We Could Do to Stop It. Again, I can't emphasize enough that we we just a lot of people just put their heads in the sand and don't want to discuss this. Well, that's not what Joe and Joe are all about, okay? Because <laughs> we're going to discuss this thing and we're going to challenge people, okay, to do something. So we're happy to have Nita Bells on the show. Nita, welcome to the front line with Joe and Joe. Hi, thanks for having me. What a privilege. Absolutely. And uh, just very quickly, for those of you out there, you might have seen Nita because she's been all over the place. Uh, but for those of you who have not, Nita Bells is an author, a compelling keynote speaker, a leading national expert in the anti-human trafficking movement. Her work's been featured on CNN, Fox Files, BBC, NPR, Focus on the Family, USA Today, and the Huffington Post, and many others. She's known for her compassionate heart, for being a friend to survivors, and for her working with others to find solutions when there's seemingly no hope. She's also the founder and executive director of a nonprofit which shares the name in our backyard and you could contact her at www.inourbackyard.org so like i said nita's been all over the place so we're we're very pleased and honored that she's uh she decided to come on with joe and joe with that i'm going to hand it over to joe Rastinello, and we'll get we'll begin with a prayer nita we always start with the prayer because uh most importantly joe and i need prayers so we always start with that in name of the father son holy spirit amen remember almost gracious virgin mary that never was it known that anyone who sought your help or sought your intercession was left unaided inspired by this confidence we fly into you a virgin of virgins our mother to you we come for you we stand sinful and sorrowful O mother the word incarnate despise not our petitions but in your clemency hear and answer us amen Name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. Nita, <clears throat> Joe and I were talking before the, you know, the show, um, and I was telling him, you know, I've I've done a lot of traveling, and I've seen a lot of, uh, to be honest with you, ex, you know, prostitution in third world nations. I've seen Nepali prostitutes in Calcutta. I've seen young girls prostituted in Cambodia. Um, when I was in Vietnam in Nha Trang, 
there was a Canadian lady that the basically the exploitation of children was so bad she actually moved to Natrang to help them. I've seen prostitution in high-end hotels all over South America, Rio particularly. Um, this is real. It is a real, real deal. Um, it's disturbing. Actually, I could remember being in a bar in Cambodia, sitting, sitting not too far from me, two older men, probably in their 40s, sitting with two 16-year-olds. And you say to yourself, in plain sight, clearly they weren't their daughters. No problem. Nobody says a word. Beers were 50 cents. I God knows what they were paying for those girls. Clearly they were prostitutes. And it is real and it is in your face. How did you get involved in this? I mean, you know, out of curiosity. I mean, I'm sort of like, you know, I've seen it, you know, through my travels, but I'll be truthful with you. You know, uh, you're at the front line. How'd you get involved? So um, I was working on my master's degree. My master's degree is in theology with concentration in women's concerns. So, of course, this fits right in there. And um, I began to learn about human trafficking. And when I saw it, I said to God, this is the worst thing I have ever seen on planet Earth. I have to do something, God. What do you want me to do? And that was in about 2006. And in 2006, there was literally nothing written about human trafficking in the United States. And I, I hear you talking about it overseas and all the other places, uh, but um, it's happening right here, which is why God gave me the title In Our Backyard for my book. And uh, it literally is in our backyard. And as I began to study, I knew I had to do something I wasn't thrilled that God asked me to write one of the first books on human trafficking in the United States because at the time I did not like to write. I was like, a book? <laughs> I don't even like to write paragraphs, God, you know that. But um, I have, I self published my first book in 2011 after I finished my master's degree and then. Um, Baker Books picked it up and uh, it's been reprinted. So it's a book, it's known as the primer on human trafficking in the United States. And in the midst of doing all of that, I kind of, there was no research. So I had to do my own research, boots on the ground. And in the midst of all of that, I ended up kind of accidentally starting a nonprofit because we kept doing the work and eventually uh, we had to have a nonprofit in order to comply with the tax laws. And um, I actually have stepped down from the executive director position. I have a fabulous executive director. I'm the founder and president still involved, but uh, she's really running the show and doing a great job. She's a survivor. Nita Bells that's joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe. First of all, where where could our audience members buy your book in our backyard? Um, just about anywhere. Amazon, wherever. Um, okay. Yeah. Thank you for that. So, Nita, let me ask you this. A lot of people hear the phrase human trafficking, all right? They might not exactly know 
what it is. Joe mentioned one aspect, of course, which is prostitution. Okay, what forms this human trafficking? To like define human trafficking, what is it, and what are the different ways that we see it manifested? Let's say outside of prostitution. Okay, and and I'm going to try to modify that word prostitution a little bit because when you've known as many survivors as I know, it hurts their hearts to be called a prostitute because they're not prostitutes. They're victims and survivors of human trafficking. Okay. So um, I would call that sex trafficking. And in 2000, the United States came with a law called the Trafficking Victims Protection Act. Before that, we did not even have a law against trafficking. And uh, so the legal definition of trafficking for sex trafficking is a commercial sex act induced by force, fraud, or coercion, or in which the person performing that act is under 18. And so it doesn't matter how many times a 16-year-old tells me I'm doing this on my own, doesn't matter. That is human trafficking. Um, and a lot of the adult that we see that they say they're doing it on their own. That's human trafficking too, and I can get into that. Um, labor trafficking is also a big issue. And uh, the definition for labor trafficking is, again, those three words, force, fraud, or coercion, to recruit, harbor, transport, obtain, or employ a person for labor or services in involuntary servitude, pinage, debt bondage, or slavery. And uh, the, the huge amount of human trafficking that is happening in the United States is both labor and sex trafficking. And I can't say that one is worse than the other. I can't look into the eyes of uh, labor trafficking survivors and say, oh, well, what happened to you wasn't as bad as what happened to her because it really was. And the uh, sex trafficking and the labor trafficking are really intertwined most of the time. What I said to Joe before the show, Nita Bells, who's joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe, um, where you know we were having a conversation. I couldn't help thinking in my mind because I, I read some of your um, I read some of what you uh, sent back to us um, in regards to the you know this conversation. Is that Dante would have to create a new circle of hell? Okay, for these people, and I'm not being overly dramatic. You know, because this, this this cuts across political lines. Joe and I are very political. Don't get us don't get me wrong. Okay, this cuts across that. OK, because because I, because I, I don't want to use the word because this is a family show, um, you know, but the bottom line is this. Yeah, you're right. If you exploit a, a, a young woman for sex or you, you exploit any young person for their labor. OK, yeah. Yeah. You're going to that circle of Dante's hell. OK, um, because. You can't justify that. You can't justify that at all. And I could see where you were going with that. Some people might think labor trafficking might be a little, le what, less evil? I don't know. Than, than, than sex trafficking? No, it's all in the same. It's it's all the same evil. You're exploiting someone for your own gain. Yes. yes. And people think, you know, I love when people say, in the, like, well, well, slavery doesn't exist. And yes, it does. What are you, what are you so naive? You get your head in the sand? You don't know that slavery exists in the world? Talk about that a little bit, Nita, because uh, because the bottom line is this. This is not a political issue. No, this is something that all people of goodwill, anybody of goodwill, has you. to get in there, get in this fight, and put an end to this. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for saying that. Um, so I would say it is in our neighborhoods. We have domestic servitude. We have women, children. I just, in the last week and a half, recovered a 52-year-old woman who was being sex trafficked. She had been an adult, married, two kids, was in our church at one time, and she was lured away, and boom. She's safe now, thank God, but it can happen anywhere, and there's no standard way that human trafficking happens. Um, so yes, it is everywhere. In our restaurants, in um, it, it, everywhere. Right, and it's a same. It's the same old story. Okay, somebody somebody looks to take advantage. I mean, this is this is not a recent development. Slavery goes back to the beginning of civilization. Okay, you want you you want to increase your own wealth and power, steal the labor of somebody else. All right, it's that it's it's that simple. Um, Joe Resinella, well, Nita Bells is joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe. Please go out and buy her book. We should all be interested in human trafficking. The subject, um, the topic of the, uh, excuse me, the title of the book is "In Our Backyard: Human Trafficking in America and What We Could Do to Stop It." So, if you put that in your Google search, um, I'm sure you're going to find a place where you could purchase the book. Joe Resinella. Nita, we talked a little bit about the sex trafficking aspect of it. Um, we've talked about the labor aspect of it, and it's here. And I would agree with you, and I could tell you a story um, in in the New Jersey area, which I one time saw. But I'm, I'm interested in – I think a lot of people – I'm interested in your response here is why don't these folks just run away? I think that's what people are – you know, would, would say. You know, like for instance, I'm just making this up. You know, uh, you work as a maid in a, a very wealthy suburb of new york city and you know basically they're giving you pennies on the dollar that you make uh why wouldn't you just say i'm, I'm not doing this anymore goodbye and just disappear why why do they stay well there are numerous reasons the first one being trauma bonding so biologically we are uh we are wired to attach to others and so there is a trauma bonding where there are horrific things that happen and then the captor or the trafficker gives them uh, an act of kindness. And that act of kindness may be, like I talk in my book about the Stockholm Syndrome and that they were trapped in a bank vault for five days with robbers that came in violently with guns and captured them in a very short period of time, like a couple of days. Those captives were so completely attached to the robbers that they began protecting the robbers. And so the act of kindness for them was that they were allowed to go to the bathroom. Sorry, that was my phone. Um, it comes onto my computer. I don't know how to make that not work. That no, it's way. okay. Don't worry about it. 
Okay. Um, so anyway, that was the act of kindness for them that they were allowed to go to the bathroom. So it may not, we may not term it as an act of kindness, but it absolutely to somebody who's captive is an act of kindness. So that's trauma bonding. The other thing is with a maid, I knew one case where they had oftentimes the maids for whatever reason are Filipino and so they had children here in the United States that were not legally here. And the trafficker took advantage of that. He had all of their phone numbers, everything, and said, you know, I will make your children's lives hell. And she stayed to protect her children. And in sex trafficking, I've heard traffickers say, you know, you don't want to do this. You don't want to turn this trick. That's okay. Because I know your little sister gets out of school at three o'clock and she goes to this specific school and I'll be there to pick her up and she'll be turning it for me tomorrow at this time. And so there are, uh, there are all kinds of reasons. Um, I just, somebody sent me a book to, um, to kind of proof and, and give validity. And that book was a fiction book, but they had it set in a uh, setting where these girls were locked in a, a compound with barbed wire on the top. And I said, you know, that's not necessary. And it doesn't happen that way. They are, they are bound with trauma bonds and survivors of human trafficking are a little offended when they are portrayed as having chains and ropes tying them because that's not what it looks like. And if we see it that way, we are going to be less likely to see somebody that needs help because they're not bound that way. We think they're prostitutes. We think they're doing it on their own volition. Well, it's Even funny because I used ahead, to yeah. uh, use a, a black car service. Why I've traveled so much, I used to be an auditor, and I used the same service for a number of years. They were Polish. And one of the drivers who I got to know pretty well told me a story. He picked up a girl at a Crown Plaza, a Russian girl, and she was crying and told him that she was basically a sex slave. And he was like, I'll take you to your house. I'll pick up all your stuff and I'll take you to the police. She was like, stop the car, stop the car. They'll kill you. She, he stopped the car. She got out. He never saw her again. He told me that story. And that's in a, a nice suburb of Manhattan. Um, and I, you know, I was kind of like, whoa, that's kind of crazy. <laughs> you know what I mean? But he said, you know, and he, he extended himself. He said, I will take you to your house right now. I will get all of your stuff and we'll go directly to the police. She wouldn't do it. Yeah. 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 There's a, there's a lot of things that come into play. Uh, survivors are very compassionate for the most part with others. Like she was protecting him. Um, I always say, if, if I need help, don't send me a room full of uh, church ladies, send me a couple of survivors. They'll get it done because they're, they're caring. They know how to get things done. Um, they'll, they'll go to the carpet for you. And she did that. 
just exactly that. Um, that's a very good illustration of their hearts. I Nita, Bells, Nita Bells, let me ask you this. Um, in America, anyway, wh wh uh, as far as you know, where are the primary targets where these let's what do you want? What do you want to call them? Predators? Um, I'm sure they would call themselves in some delusional way businessmen. Um, where, where, you know, that's like the gangster who calls himself, I'm a businessman. No, you're not. You're a criminal. Um, you know, I, I wish people would get that through their heads. So these predators, criminals, okay, whatever you want to call them, um, where the, where is their, uh, where's their, their, their feeding ground? Like where, where do they find these, these kids, uh, primarily let's keep it with America. Um, where, 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 where do they look for them? Um, online. Uh, really? We have um, we have parents that are constantly freaking out about the white van that comes to the school. Don't worry about the white van. <laughs> it, it could be a predator that is, uh, you know, a, a sex uh, sexual uh, predator. But human traffickers they get online. I tell parents, don't worry about the white van. Worry about the smartphone that your kid is going to bed with, because that's where they find the majority of victims, and they groom them. It's not kidnapping. They groom them online. They offer them whatever they want. They watch them for a while online. They they watch for a fight with mom. They watch for a fight with the boyfriend, and that's when they swoop in. And it's plentiful. It is plentiful, and sadly, it's increasing. You, you, you know, my response, and, and, and Joe and I, you know, people might think that we're a couple of, you know, middle-aged Neanderthals, okay? Um, here's the bottom line, okay? I have a 13-year-old son. He ain't getting a phone. He's not getting a smartphone, okay? Yeah. We're adopting him, and we're going to probably adopt a, a little girl, too, okay, in the future, okay? You're not getting a, you're not getting a smartphone. See, this is where parents... You yeah. need to stop saying yes. To, stop being afraid to say. Joe Rossinello doesn't even own a cell phone. I say I'm that 52. in a positive way. I've never had I, one. I, I say that in a positive way. Now, my <laughs> son that is gonna, for you? My <laughs> son is going to get a phone. And I say all the time, very seriously, okay? He's getting a flip phone, and it's got three phone numbers in it. Mama, Papa, and 911. And that's it, okay? Yeah. Why are we giving these kids cell phones when we know these... I was about to curse. I don't want to curse. Um, the, these, these people are out there, okay, that are doing exactly what you said, Nita Bell. Yeah. Yeah. They're just waiting for these kids to trip up. My son plays an Xbox where it, it, there's a network, okay, where where you're basically online if you're yes. if you're playing Xbox. My yes. wife says to him all the time, "Here's how much time you have. Let's say it's an hour, okay. Here's how much time you have, and you talk to no adults because they're because the adults are on there too." Yeah, I just I just don't I don't get how as parents in America. We cave to our kids, oh, mom, I, I want a smartphone. No, the answer is no. Maybe that's a good solution to some of the problems that you're talking about, Nita Bells. If you don't want your kid kidnapped, basically kidnapped, okay, um, and, and and falling for these predators, okay, how about start saying no to them? That's a, Is that a good idea, Nita, or am I being, am I being crazy? I think it's a great idea. I, you know, I was the uh, mean old mom that didn't let my kids have smartphones and or phones at all. We didn't even have smartphones then, but uh, till they were 16, because until then they're with an adult, they don't need it. And um, 
But the reality is that they are going to have phones at some point. So it's it's not a bad idea to monitor. There are uh, there are all kinds of programs that you can get for these phones to keep them out of. And the porn is terrible. The oh. porn they are luring our kids. Um, so you have their passwords. Everybody has passwords and as a parent you have your child's passwords you know where they're going and the games i hate to break this to you but the gaming is a huge place and they're not coming in saying they're adults they're coming in saying they're kids and they're adults so uh, that is just an um, uh terrible breeding ground for yeah. Predators, the games. Um, yeah, it's Nita Bells. Let's try to get in one more question before the break. Uh, Nita Bells is joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe. Please go out and buy her book, In Our Backyard Human Trafficking in America and What We Could Do to Stop It. Joe Racinello, we have time for one question before the break. Nita, I always say on the show, money moves the dial. I mean, we have control of our checkbook. As Americans, we do, and we empower people. Many times we empower the, the, the people that basically oppress us and make us slaves in different ways. Right, right. In your book, you talk about the label fair trade. What does that mean? And, and basically, why is that important to our purchasing decisions? So fair trade is supposed to mean that that – line of supply is clean. However, it doesn't always mean that. And you have to do your own research. You have to find out for yourself. Um, it may say made in the USA. Um, I talk about one story in my book where they had a made in the USA label and they had a sweat factory in that country. And the people that were being enslaved, enslaved there, making the garments, it wasn't in the USA, but because it was a colony of the US, then they got that label. So there's not really a, uh, there's not really a solution to that. The solution is what you guys talked about at first. Tell three people about this we've got to talk about it we've got to do something and everybody can do something everybody listening today can do something to make a difference well you know you know some 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 good old-fashioned shame um you know might be a little bit useful i remember i remember after 9 11 um, obviously we're going back you know uh, a long time ago now over 20 years but i remember after 9 11 uh, commercials that were on TV with, uh, let's say, a picture of a guy who's looking like a like a stockbroker or a trader, young young with a suit and everything, buying drugs, and and the, and the, the 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 commercial was about if you buy drugs, you're supporting terrorists. Yeah. So maybe we ought to have the same kind of message, okay? Yes. In other words, uh, Mike Lee recently introduced legislation to ban pornography. Okay, that would be a really good place to start. If you want to talk about, aside from all the other reasons why pornography should not be considered protected speech under the First Amendment of the United States Constitution, 
which is a Supreme Court decision going back to the 1970s, uh, right. argued by Alan Dershowitz for all the conservatives out there. Uh, thank Alan Dershowitz for, for the Supreme Court decision on pornography. Okay, yeah. so let's get that straight. All right. Um, it's, about, it's high time we challenge that. Okay, and aside from the other reasons, destruction of the family, um, how it negatively affects men in particular, we should talk about human the human trafficking element or pornography and shame people. If you watch pornography, you're contributing to this. Yes. Quick comment on that, Nita. Nita. Yes, and pornography is full of human trafficking. Many of the people that you see on pornography are being trafficked. They are not doing it on their own volition, never mind the smile on their face. They are being asked to perform that act over and over and over again. There is a website called, I think, Pink Cross, and that they memorialize people that have died while performing pornography. It's horrific. Let's get a let's get a quick break in. Nita Bell's joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe. Uh, her book is In Our Backyard, Human Trafficking in America, What We Could Do to Stop It. You're listening to us on the Veritas Catholic Radio Network. Remember, remember to download the Veritas app. Please share it with your friends. You'll have access to all of our station's content. If you like what Joe and I do, you can find us in two primary places on social media, The Frontline with Joe and Joe on YouTube and at with Joe and Joe, at with Joe and Joe on Twitter. Please help us out wherever you see us. So this is a, an important conversation. It's a sad one, um, but it's an important one. So Nita Bells is going to be right back for another segment with Joe and Joe. Catholic Radio works, and now we have it here in Connecticut and New York. It's been seen around the country that there's no better tool for evangelization. Where there's Catholic Radio, the folks who listen deepen their faith. Families are strengthened, parishes and communities flourish so let people know you're listening to veritas tell your friends to tune in and let's make an impact here for jesus and his church this is steve lee for veritas catholic network welcome back everyone to the front line with joe and joe joe pasillo and joe resinello we are way way in the breach in this conversation with nita bells she is the author of in our backyard human trafficking in america and what we could do to stop it and that's the thing joe resinello we can at least look. You're never going to stop evil completely, but we we have to do something about this. And there are things we could do. You talked about fair trade. We talked about pornography usage, um, and and things like that to at least do something to 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 try to uh, alleviate some of this um, th this problem. Um, so, uh, Joe, I'm going to hand it over to you. You know, one of the friends of our show is Jesse Romero. Uh, he's a Catholic uh, lay evangelist. He has a radio program out of California. He grew up in California. Now he lives in Arizona. Um, Jesse has spoken extensively about Mexicans who come to the U.S. Um, and basically what he says is you're better off basically even if you're living in poverty, in many cases, when men leave their family to come to the U.S. to work, um, you talk about that in the book because a lot of the sex trafficking as well as labor trafficking, you mentioned Filipinos, Indians, they go to the Middle East to work. Um, recently, uh, the World Cup was in Dubai. Uh, no, it wasn't in Dubai. It was in uh, – oh, gosh, I can't Was recall. it Qatar? 
guitar, there we go. A number of people died building those stadiums. That was one of the, the things that came out during the World Cup. Um, but you're saying it's better off in some cases. And Jesse has said the same thing, particularly, I'll just say it from a Catholic perspective, from a man's perspective. It's better for me to tough it out with my family and live for the salvation of my family, whereas we're going to go and direct our life to heaven, suck it up, so to speak, then maybe leave my family, that get caught up in all types of bad behaviors because I'm not with my wife, and my wife and children are vulnerable in my home country. That's what Jesse talks about. And to be honest with you, there's something to it because ultimately as Christians and as Catholics, this isn't our home. Heaven is. So maybe we got it tough right now. Okay, we'll just tough it out. Better we're together. We're aiming towards heaven. What do you say about that in the book? Well, I I think that it doesn't do us good to leave our families. Our families are important. They're the very core that God designed for us to live in. And so, no, I would say stay there. And like you said, if you have to live in poverty, that's that's what you do. But um, you you know you better yourself there. You work together. And and um, I'm going to go off on a little tangent here about. Go ahead, please. About husbands and wives. You know, in in churches, oftentimes we're like, husband has to do this, the wife has to do this. I say no. We're a team. We work together. We link arms. We do what needs to be done. My uh, husband this morning, I was, we do, we practice that continuously. I started unloading the dishwasher and he heard it from the other room and came in just to help. Husbands and wives work together. It's, it's not roles, it's a team. My wife has to yell at me to get me to do the dishes, Nina. I'm sorry. I just have to. I just have. That's that's full disclosure. Okay. Um, you haven't been married as long as I have. <laughs> no, that's true. I've only been married about ten years. Uh, this, yeah. this year will be my tenth anniversary. Uh, but yeah, she still has to yell at me. But at the end of the day, I do help her. You know, it just takes a little bit more product. Um, uh, here, uh, here's a question um, I want to ask. So, what is what exactly is uh, debt bondage? Debt bondage. Uh, how how does that happen? Debt bondage works like this. So um, I am a house slave and I need a hairbrush. So I go to the store. I'm, I am with the family. I go to the store and I say, I need, I need a hairbrush today. I, my hairbrush is gone. And they buy a $3 hairbrush that goes on my bill as 20. My The bed I sleep in goes on my bill. The food I eat goes on my bill. Everything that I need goes on my bill. What comes in to my account is little to nothing. So that makes the slave, the trafficked individual, indebted to their trafficker. So that is debt bondage. How is it, Joe Racinello, I, I, I just, I just, I shake my head. Nita Bell's joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe. 
some people in this country have the audacity to call this a Christian nation. If this was a Christian nation, this conversation's not taking place, at least not as it pertains to America, maybe in other parts of the world, okay? Now, I'm not judging. I'm just saying, if we, we really actually believed in the, it, it, let's just say, the, the ideas embodied in our founding documents, which are Christian, mm-hmm. but let's be honest, okay, um, then we wouldn't be having this conversation. I, I love your, both of your comments. Do you find in America that there's just, an, there's just a, a, a tremendous amount of hypocrisy um, and, and, and turning a blind eye to this? This is an obvious thing. This is something you see in every part of the country. This is not something that's confined to L.A. or New York or Chicago. Right. This is all over the place. This I love is... both your comments on that, or at least tell me if I'm wrong. Oh, no, absolutely. You are absolutely right. And yes, this is not Christ-like behavior. To traf- This is the furthest thing from Christ-like behavior there is to traffic somebody. That, that just is, it, it's preposterous. Um, yeah, and, and we justify. That, that's the thing that puts me over the edge is when we justify that kind of behavior or any kind of behavior uh, and try to make it okay because somehow somebody needs this for their business or they need it for their um, their own sexual desire. You know, don't even get me started. That that puts me over the edge. It's like if and and I have a theory of how if we could eliminate, which frankly, I don't think we can because we live in such a a tiered society, but if we could eliminate the fact that one person is over another person, we would not have human trafficking. We would have everybody is, and that doesn't mean you don't have a boss. That means that um, you are every bit as valuable as the other Joe, and every person is every bit as valuable. You talk about adopting a child. Thank God for people that are willing to do that. That child is every bit as valuable as somebody who gives birth. There's there's equality. If we lived in this kind of an equal Uh, mentality, caring about every single person the same, this wouldn't be. Well, Well, that's 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 how it's supposed to be. But ultimately, I mean, as you say, Joe, as in the eyes of God, right, right. You know, clearly, you know, in the world, there are differences between people, but we are to see each person as a child of God, whether right. they're Christian or not, and treat them as such. But I want to comment on on what you both were talking about, because I think people have a way of car- compartmentalizing their life, whether it's sexual desires, whether it's money. Again, money is a driver, cheap labor. I mean, I could speak about New Jersey. People pick up guys from Guatemala, Honduras on a corner, pay them nothing. They could cheat them. I'm not going to pay you today. You didn't do a good enough job. People in restaurants, people all over the place do that. That's real. You're participating in something that's bad. Why do you do it? Because basically Christ isn't the center of your life. When God is not the center of your life, the human mind can rationalize the worst of behaviors and does and just lives on because it's all about me. 
people say we don't need God. We don't need God. Oh, yes, you do. Because the human being without God, without accountability, is capable of the worst of behaviors. And we see it on the news every day. Yes. I mean, so money is the driver. But I want to talk about labor for a second because that is the driver cheap labor. How are these people lured away? You take someone from the Philippines, you take someone from India, they're living in poverty. How are they lured away to say work as a domestic or work in a construction situation like we mentioned in the World Cup? I'm not saying that, that they were slaves, but they did die. I'm sure that they didn't have labor laws, and, and I'm sure it was pretty hot uh, while they were working, you know, as opposed to, say, working under like a labor or union, you know, like legal system in the U.S. How are these folks lured away to come into these, you know, Western countries and basically passports, the whole deal, and then they're in slavery? Yeah, I think, you know, we are the land of plenty. People all over the world dream of coming to America. And so it's not a hard sell for somebody in the Philippines, in Mexico, in um, even in like Norway or, um, you know, anywhere you can come to America, you're going to make this money and uh, you could take care of your family. A lot of times it is taking care of their family is what motivates them, that they can do better for their family. Uh, but it's it's an easy sell. We're the land of plenty. It's it's pretty simple. That's money. You know, money's seemingly always the bottom line. Well, that's one of the things that Joe and I talk about on the show all the time. Nita Bell's joining us here at the front line. Um, is a lot of times, you know, just to get political for a second, um, let's say those on the right in America, and uh, and Joe and I, uh, of course, we, we lean right. I mean, you're generally conservative-minded people without putting a political label necessarily. But they say, well, those Democrats, they just want the... They want those immigrants to come across because they want political power. They want votes. Yeah, but your Chamber of Commerce Republicans, they want them to come across because they want cheap labor. Yeah. So why is one worse than the other? You guys want money, they want power. To me... I don't, I don't, I, I don't, I don't know which which one. By is the worse. way, that's why the immigration situation will never get resolved in America because it's a it's a battering stick on both sides. It will always go on, always, never to be resolved because right. of those two the examples you just gave. I love that. I love that. And yeah, it's yeah. Well, and and I always say on the show on the show all the time. These are these are Chamber of Commerce. Um, con you know, conservative, evangelical, Christian Republicans, okay? Right. You know, and I always want to talk about Jesus, okay? All right, fine. I love it when people talk about Jesus, but then you're going to talk about that you're paying somebody $8 an hour because that's what the market will bear, and you go on Fox News and you say how wonderful you are? Yep. Really? Yeah. So, 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 you know, you think that, what, that exonerates you somewhat because you pay a guy who's desperate? eight bucks an hour and say, well, I just pay what the market will bear. Well, what does that mean? What does that mean? Because in my view now, you're just bending your knee to the market. In other words, whereas paying somebody what you should be paying them. I mean, that's a conversation, Nita Bells, you know, we could we could have, um, you know, and go on a long time about that one. Your quick comment on that, Nita. So I'm just going to say, I noticed yesterday on the news, there were four men arrested uh, in New York City for shoplifting. They were immigrants that were dropped there 
And I love what you're saying, both sides of the aisle, because neither one of us, I mean, that that's what we were talking about earlier. People become a political uh, chess piece on a chess plate. They were arrested for shoplifting. Well, what did you want them to do? I mean, that's wrong for them to shoplift, obviously. But my question when I heard that was, I wonder if they had food to eat. It's, you know, we use people as chess pieces. We use people for our own political gain and monetary gain. And, and it's wrong. It's wrong. We've got, and, and I don't believe, I leave it, lean a bit right myself. So I don't believe that we, uh, you know, we just pour out uh, money, money, money. We're in trouble in this country. We're That's a given. We're, you know, yeah. it's funny. There's certain sins, I'm going to get biblical, that cry to God for vengeance. One yeah. of which, and this is in scripture, it talks about not giving a man his cloak so he could sleep at night, yeah. withholding wages. You see, people don't believe that anymore. They don't take God at his word. You cheat a man for his honest day's wage. That is a horrendous sin. Oh, did I say sin? Oh, yes, there is such a thing. And there is accountability too. Hey, Joe, let me, Joe, let, let me tell you something. Just so, I, I, again, I, I, I hate to come across as judgmental, okay? And everybody knows that I've been in the restaurant industry for a long time. You know, I had to convince people that I worked with when I used to be a server to to, to declare all of their cash tips. They'd be like, why, why? I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't, I want to beat the IRS. I used to say, yeah, but you're also beating the people that you pay your tips out to, like your your server assistant. Your, your food runner, your bartender, your bar back, many of whom are the people that we're talking about in this conversation. You know, it opens people's eyes when you say, you know, you're withholding this person's money. If I don't declare $100 in tips, okay, in cash tips, and my server assistant, who's probably from a country that's south of the border, okay, I just beat him out of 20 bucks. Multiply that by the 10 servers that are on the floor, you just beat a guy out of 200 bucks, okay? You know, so it's not just the businessmen. You know, my, it's my point to you, Joe Russell. I was just illustrating. No, a it's point. a good point. We can all be guilty of not doing what is just in a lot of situations. We talk about, let's say, because remember something. If you're talking, we were talking about pornography earlier. Now, I just gave you an example of a way that just a regular working guy could take advantage of somebody else. There's a lot of things we could do, in other words, in our own lives to clean up our own lives to make sure that we're not getting involved. In, in crap like this and doing the right thing. Because what you described, Joe Racinello, is justice. You know, giving somebody their due, okay? And that's why God, like you said, uh, God's going to get a little angry about that. Sorry to go off on a, on a, on a tangent, but I just, so, you know, it's a, come to mind. It's not just the rich and powerful that do it. There's a lot of things we could do, too. Nita Bell's joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe. Joe Racinello, where do you want to go? Well, you know, let's talk about spending power. How else, Nita, can we like? Because I, I'm a firm believer in that. I'll give an example. I like football. I don't watch it anymore. I don't like what they did about the national anthem. I don't watch it. There's certain things. Starbucks. I don't like what they said. They said if you believe in traditional marriage, don't come here. Okay, I won't. How's that sound? I believe in traditional marriage. I'm not spending my money there because it's my money. We have to do that. As Christians, we say we believe in God. Spending power moves the dial. When Coca-Cola made its stance recently, their profits went down. 
it impacted them. We recently saw that with Disney. They're basically trying to groom kids, basically bring in an LGBT and transgender agenda into your household. Their profits went down. We are in control of our money. How can we make an impact? Because we can. People just don't. We're so weak need sometimes. People, I just said, we lack discipline. Like it just comes to the, to, it's my money. I'm not going to give you money to beat me up. I'm not going to do it. How can we, as regular people who make whatever we make, not participate in this sex trade or labor slavery, whatever you want to call it, because we can make an impact. We absolutely can. And what I do personally, well, I'll give you an example. We were on a cruise one day and um, they said the comedian was PG and um, I'm a front row person. So we were sitting right in the front row and the comedian came out and the first thing he said is the only Spanish I know is El Donde Prostituti. Where is the prostitute? And I looked at my husband and my husband looked at me and we got up out of our seats. We walked to the back of the theater. We went to find the cruise director and we made a stink. You cannot... You can't do that. And we ended up with a letter from the cruise company apologizing for that. But you've got to stand up. You've got to not spend your money. If they're going to do that, I'm not going to I'm not going to ride on your ship. If you're going to uh, as a TV station, if you're going to have porno pornographic soft porn, I'm not watching your station. And I talk, you know, it's like, it's amazing what happens when you threaten the media. When we you don't do it, we, 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 we don't do it enough. I, you know, if people, people who are concerned about this stuff, Nita Bell's joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe, then, then they would actually be a little bit more diligent. Let me give you an example. My wife said to me the other day, um, I work nights, unfortunately, okay? So a lot of times her and, and, and our foster son, they're watching TV, whatever the case may be. And my wife said to me the other night when I got home, she goes, do you realize that we can't watch anything? And I said, well, what do you mean? She goes, yeah, we can't watch anything. Either either there's something that's going to be shown that, uh, a naked part of somebody's body, um, or they're taking, the big one is taking the Lord's name in vain, the blasphemy on TV, even, even something that you mentioned PG. They consider that PG, but that's all you hear is GD, throughout a program. My wife said, it's a shame. We can't watch anything. Sometimes really good shows, like they look like they could be really interesting and quality dramas, let's say. Um, and there's a sex scene. It could be soft porn, but it, it, it's thrown right in the middle. Okay. Yeah. Or there, or is it, there's the foul language. I said, you know, and, it, and then it gets to the point where, you know what I do now? I, I, I just like, I, I, I just watch YouTube. And again, not because Google's great, let's let's be clear, but at least I can find people who, if I'm watching something, or I look for different things, like Bill Donahue from the Catholic League recently uh, launched um, uh, a documentary about Walt Disney, okay? In other words, and, and yeah, Disney's stock has been cut in half over the last year. Some of it has to do with the market. Much of it has to do 
with, with, with you know, what we're talking about. You want, you want to groom our kids. You want to do all this. And, and the reason why I'm bringing all this up is there was a popular movement against Disney. And that popular movement cost them a lot of money to the tune where they had to replace their CEO. You and Joe Racinello are absolutely right. Let's start being a little discriminating in how we spend our money. You don't like Chinese and what they're doing to Uyghurs and, and other people. And you talk about slave labor. Stop buying Apple products until Tim Cook says, I'm not going to do business in China anymore. You know that's not going to happen. So I'm sorry about my little rant. But, but yeah, it's like, you know, we have to demand from people, in other words, to, 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 to be more discriminating with the way we spend our money. Again, it's difficult. Sometimes you need something and you're forced to do business with a company because they're all doing it. OK, so you try to find the less evil company. All right. Uh, which that's a shame. But, yeah, we, we could we could uh, be a little bit more diligent in, in, in the in, in how we spend our money and researching these companies. Um, so Nita Bells is joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe. We're discussing her book. Please go out and buy it in our backyard. Human trafficking in America and what we could do to stop it. Joe, we got a little bit of time left. Where do you want to go with Nita? Nina, what are some red flags out there that people we're talking right in our backyard in America that people can keep their eyes out for, particularly for their kids that could basically, you know, be something that shady and or could potentially indicate that human trafficking is existing? Yeah, there are a lot of red flags, and uh, one of them being a power struggle. So if you see um, a person that doesn't have possession of their own documents that other person has the power um, if you see uh, a family go in to a restaurant and they have a filipino woman with them um, one filipino woman that we recovered right after she was recovered we took her to a birthday dinner she didn't know she could eat her food before everybody else got dibs on it. So they, she had no power. She, um, so you watch that power struggle. She don't, somebody that doesn't have rights. If you see a older man going into a hotel room with a younger girl, that's not his daughter. Bingo, call 911. That's that's so obvious. Um, and if it's not that, then a legitimate person will be glad that the police were called and that somebody was looking. Um, some red flags. Um, they have a the commercial sex industry has they have a pimp, they have a manager, they're paid very little. Um, they're not allowed to have breaks. Um, if you see injuries on somebody that are unexplained, um, they're fearful, anxious, depressed, tense, nervous, uh, exhibiting um, avoiding eye contact. That's one of the primary rules for somebody who's being trafficked. She's not allowed to look in the eye of a male that she's not soliciting if somebody has difficulty looking you in the eye, that is a big red flag. That's an indicator. Lacking health care, uh, showing signs of abuse, um, 
there are all kinds of things that you can look for, but most importantly, trust your gut. If something doesn't look right, if something feels like there's just not something right here, trust your gut and don't try to remove that person because that person will, they're trauma bonded first of all, but even if they want to leave, they can't leave with you. That endangers not just them, that endangers others that are a part of this and their family. Um, so yeah, it they're trust your gut. It's so it's it's just so seedy. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I, it's why we wanted to have this conversation so people realize maybe in our own ways, like you said, we're talking about let's say for argument's sake, boycotting corporations, things like that. Whether 50 million people do it or I do it myself. Joe mentioned Starbucks. I don't buy Starbucks for the reasons he mentioned. I just got a text or I just got an email alert from the Catholic League, okay? Said boycott DirecTV. I'm going to read that after we're done. I don't have DirecTV. But these are things that we could do on an individual level. Finally, um, Nita Bells, we only have about a minute left. Uh, the average Joe, <laughs> no no pun intended, um, the average Joe, uh, just as far as promoting awareness, uh, where, where could we go? If somebody was say, if you get into a conversation with someone and you start talking about this, where could we direct them to maybe get more information? Just some practical advice. We have about a minute left. Go to inourbackyard.org. The average Joe can do, I have freedom stickers that go inside the bathroom stalls. Uh, we're going to be doing that here in Arizona surrounding the Super Bowl. We're in over 30,000 convenience stores. We see recoveries every week because these are in convenience stores and other airports, all kinds of places inside the bathroom stall. That's the only time they're alone and able to ask for help. Get on in our backyard, they're free. We just ask that you use them well. And um, so that is something that you can do. You can also donate. If you don't feel like putting these up, they cost money. And so donate to in our backyard to get those done. They're in all 50 states and they're probably one of the most effective tools out there now that anybody can do. Nita Bells, thank you so much for joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe. Uh, very informative conversation, very important conversation, and we're happy you came on. Uh, and you are you're welcome back on this show anytime to discuss this even further. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'd love to come back. You're welcome. And we would encourage all of our audience members out there at the Veritas Catholic Radio Network to go on inourbackyard.org and donate a couple bucks. I'm going to do that right after the show's over, okay? Because um, whatever we could do to help, because this is very important. Thank you again, Nita Bells. Thank you all out there for joining us here at the Veritas Catholic Radio Network, 1350 on your AM dial, 103.9 on your FM dial, spreading the truth of the Catholic faith to the New York City metropolitan area. Download the app and share it with your friends so you have access to all of our station's content, not just Joe and Joe. And also uh, where you see us on social media, primarily the front line with Joe and Joe on YouTube and at with Joe and Joe on Twitter. Please help us out. Follow us, like, subscribe, share, do all that fun stuff. And remember until the next time that our conversation is your conversation and that conversation is going on everywhere. We'll talk to you soon.